like scary movies. Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Think of the children. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Oh, oh somebody please think of the children! Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin, it's an extension of number one. And number three, Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Someone's out to make a scene. You know, cash in on all the movie murder hoopla. So it's our job to observe the rules of the scene. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. More blood, more gore. Carnage, candy. Your core audience just expects it. And number three, if you want your sequel to become a franchise, never, ever... I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye. And here we are wrapping up the Scream franchise with Scream 6 and the most franchisey of them all. I am your host, Andy Wilson, and uh, we've got we've got the core four, hashtag core four, <laughs> here with us. Um, core four, fist bump. Fist bump, core four. Uh, that's you, Kit. That's you, Brooke, and that's you, our MVP and returning champion, Melissa. Go Rangers, Melissa. Yay! Nice to have you back. Happy birthday. <laughs> Yay! I yeah, only have about five birthday. minutes worth of content to talk about this movie. Well, Just that's okay. FYI. I mean, if that's all that it takes. Yeah. Brooke, why don't you give us Two your five-minute take later. on this? <laughs> <laughs> Two hours later. Um, actually, it's probably like 15 seconds. I think okay. that everything good and clever and smart about Scream was replaced with blood in this movie. And it was garbage to me. And that's all that I have to say about it. Get oh, Melissa reactions. I agree that there was a lot of blood. Yeah. I think the first act was clever, but yeah. it didn't really have a lot of legs after that. It's just a bunch of like, it's like a, a murder road novel as they run around New York. Yeah, stab. This is the one they should have called Stab. 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 Scream six, Stabby Big Stabberson. Stab, stab, stab. Stab. The most stab. Yeah, I was a little I'm... bit disappointed that I could I figured out two of the killers before they did the reveal. So. Yeah, I kind of felt that way too. The other ones, I'm like, oh, I feel clever for having figured it out. This one, I'm just like, well, that's boring. I'm like, I guess it could be them, and then it was, and just like, okay. Yeah. That's that's dumb. They didn't cover up the I... like kills very well and the deflections and any of the surprises and shock and awe and that it's just like meh. It's just in a city where more people die. Well <clears throat> and I I I mean, I loved the last one because 
the the reason I loved it so much was because it got back to saying something and yes. having some sort of like core meaning in the meta commentary of it all. And this one is just like, eh, I, you know, more of this, I guess. Uh, it's it's his family, and that's it. Remember it's, last week when I was like, family. I'm sorry, but I won't say anything else. This is why. Yeah. Was what were you gonna say? <laughs> oh, just that it was like everything that they did so right in that in Scream Five. It sets you up to yeah. be like, yes, we're finally back to our roots, and then they're like, but we have a redhead. <laughs> That's it, and more <laughs> blood. Bring us the redhead. <laughs> we wants the ready. We wants the ready. Yeah, instead of I'm being sorry. smart, no, it's just like. Oh, sorry, they just showed the naked guy next door. There's nothing cool oh. about it. I mean, well, yeah, the, hot, the cute hot guy next door guy. from yeah. She-Hulk. He's, he's yeah. pretty. He's he is pretty. pretty. I like him. There are a lot he's of pretty fun. people in it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Lots of pretty people. Maybe they took the cleverness after the, you know, for the second and third acts, and they spent all that money on hiring pretty people instead of screenwriters. Well, it's the, that's what, that's the thing. It's the same screenwriters. It's the guy who wrote Zodiac. It's like, these people are good. They just like farted this one out for some reason. I'm just like, th this is like a classic example of them rushing out this sequel. Like th this yeah. came out a year after the previous one. That's very obviously not enough time to actually like have something clever here. Although it's and not as good as number I, two. No. It was also done that well, quickly. Because, well, because Kevin Williamson had pre-scripted something. Oh, he already had like an outline for, for what he wanted for the second one. So they, he, all he had to do is just go back to it. I don't think they planned this. I think they're just like, I don't know. What do we do? Uh, Jason goes to Manhattan. Scream goes to Manhattan. Okay. Uh, Scream 2 went to college. They'll go to college. That's what this is. And it was just dumb. I don't know. It It's very obviously in love with its own mythology and yet doesn't pay respects to it in any of the right ways. Um, and I mean, as much as it was nice to have Hayden Panettiere back, um, there's an old saying, Hayden Panettiere is not Nev Campbell. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the fact that Sydney is not in this movie is not lost on me. And rightfully so, because she was holding out for more money and she didn't like their offer. And said, if I were a man, I'd be getting paid more. I'd be getting paid what I'm worth. She put her foot down and said, I won't do it. And so they went on and did it without her. And very obviously gave a lot of what Sydney would have done in the final act to Hayden. And Hollywood just sucks. Should pay her what she's worth. Yeah. Yes. Melissa, what yeah. about your thoughts? 
Um, I think I've made it clear that I don't like where they were going in, in with, Five. you know, um, the, how your genes basically are your, your future. Your like, I right. yeah, like, okay. If you have like in my family, a history of cancer, then yes, your genetics could play a big part in your future or your death, but it's not who you are. You know, like if you get heart disease because of a genetic condition that doesn't define you, or at least it shouldn't. And I feel like genetics, they're trying to make it define Sam here. And I don't like it. And I don't think I need to get into that again, because I already ranted about it probably more than once. Um, and we ranted about it for you while you were gone last week. I made sure <laughs> oh, yeah. to rant about yeah, it because did. it fucking pissed me the fuck off. Yeah, it really did. Because I, I watched number five and six together back to back when I got home from vacation. Because, um, you know, I even though I didn't get to record five with you guys, I wanted to know what had happened, you know, to, to be mm -hmm. able to better talk about six. And it turns out I didn't really need to. I mean... You know, they're they're both leaning too hard into it, and uh, yeah, I did not care for that at all. Um, the thought of an old movie theater like that—that that could have been creepy as fuck, like really tense and creepy. But it didn't turn out that way. Um, they had this beautiful classic set piece, and they just didn't do much with it, and. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I agreed. This just wasn't a very good movie. It was disappointing. And I, I it did pretty well, I think, and, and and I think a lot of people liked it, but I just can't get on board with it. Yeah. yeah. I think the the issue was it's like I think it's like Scream Two, okay, it was it was okay. Scream 3 wasn't great, but it had like Parker Posey, so it was definitely better than it could have been. But like, you know, this was like Scream 4, where it's like, why you're just making this movie because someone's paying you to, not because you have a great idea that, or like, you know, sure. something that's going to be really, really clever. Um, and I get that that's you know, the studios being like, hey, we're going to make this a franchise and, you know, backing up the money truck. So it's probably hard to say no to. But at the same time, I I guess I wish that some people would be like, no, nah, we're not going to back up the money truck for this unless you actually have a good idea. But people will still pay money. And I'm sure Andy will be able to talk about the box office. Yeah. And figure well, out. Who. Should we go straight that's, there? That's the <laughs> Well, I mean, we could, but it, it was talking about that, like backing up the money truck. The budget for this was reportedly only $35 million, which is nothing. For, Especially when you're like, filming in New York. Well, they filmed in, they filmed in Canada. So oh, okay. <laughs> they didn't actually film in New York, but, oh, makes you feel <laughs> but still, but, but it, it you know, you you would think, uh, I will just say this, I mean, the movie made more in its opening weekend 
than the entire budget. It's really sad to me that like they couldn't be like, Nev Campbell, we are going to pay you, you know, however many millions of dollars you we need to plus a percent of the box office gross. And now you're an ex executive producer. Like that should be where she's going. That should be her trajectory here. And yep. um, it's just sad they did not, you know, they're just not willing to do that. So it's, it's really, it's really unfortunate. They're like, well, we've got all these young kids and, you know, we, we got Jenna Ortega uh, for, for peanuts before, you know, before Wednesday hit. And now she's everybody's favorite it girl. Um, so, you know, they made this really on the cheap and it's, um, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, and it, unfortunate that they also just didn't have a better grasp on this thing. Yeah. I, Even without just... Nev Campbell, they still didn't do anything with the script that would have resembled yeah. any sort of meta commentary or social commentary. They didn't do anything with the development or growth beyond what was completely predictable. And the killers were like easy to spot from the very beginning. So like, even if you're looking at it just as a suspenseful movie or a good scary movie, all you've got is blood in a city and it's, it's boring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so spoiler alert for best quote, um, the the explanation of the rules here of a franchise, I think we need to talk about this because, I mean, the, the whole purpose of the podcast is talking about uh, the, the expectations around franchises and how these things work. Um, so here's what Mindy says. Uh, so we think the killer is trying to copy the movies that's one possibility. Heroes now in college check suspicious new characters brought in to round out the suspect list and or body count check, check and check. It would make sense if this were just a sequel, but we're not in a sequel because nobody just makes sequels anymore. We're in a franchise and there are certain rules to a continuing franchise. Rule one, everything is bigger than last time. Andy's commentary, I would argue that is not the case in this movie. Bigger budget, bigger cast, bigger body count. Longer chases, shootouts, beheadings. You got to top what what came before to keep people coming back. Rule two, whatever happened last time, expect the opposite. Franchises only survive by subverting expectations. If the killers last time were whiny snowflake film nerds with letterboxed accounts instead of personalities, you can bet the opposite will be true here. And rule three, no one is safe. Legacy characters, cannon fodder at this point, usually brought back only to be killed off in some cheap bid for nostalgia. It's not looking too good for Gale and Kirby. The worst part of franchises are just continuing episodic installments designed to boost an IP, which means main characters are completely expendable now too. Laurie Strode, Nancy Thompson, Ellen Ripley, Sally Hardesty, Jigsaw, Tony Stark, James Bond. I mean, even Luke Skywalker all died so their franchises could live on. That means it's not just the friend group. Any of us could go at any time, especially Sam and Tara. Um, so, 
And then uh, she points out that the two most likely suspects are Ethan and Quinn, who are the two killers. And and they point out her dad's a cop. And it's like, well, that should make her all the more a suspect because cop dad, that's bad, right? And I mean, they 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 told us all in minute 20 of this movie exactly what was going to happen. And like I I like when there's some winking. But that's not clever. That's just that's, writing that's the script. Just annoying at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just annoying. I mean, I don't know. I I got when I'm like, oh, okay. So I agree. Ethan, Ethan, and um, oh shoot, the the other roommate. Um, they're they're obviously suspects, and then they died, and I'm like, hmm. Could they still be alive? Yeah. <laughs> that was immediately what I thought. <laughs> so, didn't die on screen. Didn't die on uh, screen, so. Yeah. Shoot them in the head or they always come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, but the I, I do think it's an interesting um, thing where the, the commentary that these these don't exist anymore as individual movies. They're just about episodically moving forward a piece of IP to cash in on nostalgia. And that I think is the number one commentary on this, that this is just disposable blah. We'll slap the name scream on it. And you know, and and that's it because we know that our core fan base will come and check it out, and that's just disappointing. You're better than that, Scream. Be better. You used to be. Well, they used to be. I I have high hopes they could be again. So, you know, bring Nev Campbell back. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, we could talk about uh, ideas for Scream Seven. Uh, they have hired a new director uh, who was the writer and director of the Happy Death Day movies. Ooh, those are good. Those are fun. They are fun. Those are pretty good. <laughs> I kind of like those. <laughs> so, Brooke, Melissa, have you have you two seen those? Nope. Hmm. I haven't. Mm-mm. It's it's like Groundhog Day, uh, except the main character has to figure out who the killer in the baby mask is who's trying to kill her. And, it's a killer um, in a baby mask? Yeah. It's it, he's kinda where it's kinda like ghost face where it's like a dark hood and then this like creepy baby mask. Yeah, it, um, it's in my opinion creepier why? than Yeah. It it's to creepier be, than ghost face. It's creepier yeah. than ghost face. Yeah, you should seriously watch it. And there's a there's a moment at the end where they like ape Hitchcock's vertigo. And I'm just like, this movie didn't have to like sell me by like, hey, remember the clock tower scene from Vertigo? This is the clock tower scene from Vertigo. 
I'm like Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in uh, in Hollywood, just pointing at the screen. I'm like, Vertigo. I know that. I know that reference. <laughs> it's really fun. Um, but they're they're funny. Um, they have the world's most explody police cars on that college campus. Um, and it's a good mixture of uh, slasher commentary and sort of um, or slasher comedy and sort of meta commentary, which is kind of fun. So I don't know, maybe maybe Scream 7 can be better. I guess we'll see. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say maybe that out loud. I, I hope know. that I it's like better, <laughs> but I don't I believe like that it can be. My idea for Scream 7 isn't a Scream movie, is the problem. Because okay. what would be interesting is if Sam is having a break from reality and is an unreliable narrator, and you don't know if she's ghost-faced or not. She doesn't know if she's committing murders or not, or if it's ghost-faced. Like, I think it could be interesting to go down a psychological black hole uh, you know, with her. But does it have to be but, Sam? I like that idea, but I don't like it to be Sam because I, right. I get all oogie with the idea that, like, she's the bad seed from Billy Loomis. Yeah. I think it's that oh. she sees herself that way, even though she's not. Like, she's profiling herself. Like, she's... She's gaslighting herself? She's read enough about psychology online to believe that this is going to be her destiny. And if she's off her antipsychotics and doesn't, you know, doesn't know what's real and what's not real, she's gaslighting herself and very easy to gaslight. But that was honestly what made Scream 5 probably so scary. So maybe it not. Just hit so it, again, close to home. Yeah, and so it also, it's like, but it also probably wouldn't feel like a Scream movie. It would feel like some other movie that would have the name Scream slapped on it. The problem I had with Scream 5 is that, um, you know, they have these rules and it always goes back to the beginning has been a running thing amongst several of these movies. Mm-hmm. And just they're just too precious about it. They that's why they had to make this shit up that that Billy Loomis knocked a girl up before he died, you know, um, mm-hmm. because they're clinging too hard to this. They and it's disappointing that they're doing that with Latinas, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. That makes Agreed. me kind of mad. Um, but it, you know, I feel like if they. If they get too precious about it, this is what happens. And doing that, I think, is sort of the opposite of what they were trying to do at the beginning of the franchise, which is to subvert these tropes. And now they've turned into one because they Mm -hmm. can't let go of, you know, something that they commentary they've had since the first movie. It, It... the bold thing would have been to fuck all that and just start again. But instead they have to have that, you know, that genetic 
bond to the originals and that's what's bringing this part of the franchise down they're too precious with their own tropes and and so instead of subverting them they become them and it's boring yeah i think it would be far more interesting if in the next film the murders are happening someplace completely not Woodsboro, not New York, not related to any of the original people. And the main question is again about like, is our fascination with serial murderers and true crime and on and on and on actually driving us to be more violent. And um, maybe, I don't know if there's a way to also weave in some sort of commentary about just the general wave of violence that um, kids are facing in high school and that like, School is not a safe place, even if there's not a slasher out there. You're you're far more likely to have to worry about, you know, school shootings and like, what's the, you know, what's the real, what's the real driver of why people keep getting killed, and what do we and what do we blame it on, and um then in like act two act three some combination of sam sydney gail kirby all show up to be like the dream team of like we're gonna solve this because we understand this and um because like we're like the ghostbusters or whatever for for the social contagion and um i think that is a i i agree it's gotta be just like a i don't know if the killer is continuing to like either go after sam or go after sydney it it does start to feel a little bit too tired and it's you know what I would I love know. to see yeah. in the next one? Because you know there's going to be a next one, right? Of course. So, yeah. Sam becomes a therapist. And yes. fucking helps people get over their shit. Yeah. I would love that. Or you could I'd even give... You should, or maybe they should have given her like the Hayden Panettiere arc. Like she becomes a cop to stop this shit. You know what I mean? Like she's going up against you know, whatever people think of her and her genetics, you know, her bond to a serial killer. And she's, she's just going against it instead of seemingly embracing it. And let me tell you, she looked pretty gleeful stabbing those people. It, it, it seemed to come naturally. Okay. But, you know, and actually that was kind of fun to watch in a way, <laughs> but <laughs> admittedly, um, but it, yeah, it's boring to me. It's expected. You know what I mean? It's exactly what you'd expect. 
have her become a therapist, deal with her shit, help other people deal with their shit, you know, um, something like that, but don't make her like, you know, have to fight against her genetics, you know, and, and yeah, I don't know. Graham. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Uh, what about like a Clarice really Starling nice. sort of? Yeah. But in this Will is my Graham, design. Step, step, step. <laughs> you know what I want to see? I want to see it just be something completely fucking new. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to have a bond to the old characters or the old movies. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a new killer in a new space creating a new franchise calling on the old like legacy members and ask like the new people are asking questions and stuff but they're like fucking good on you i hope you don't die and wash their hands of it you know what would be really scary is use like ghostface starts really using technology like deep fakes and ai and shit and really just makes it hard to find them and to you know what i mean like they're attacking think, Congress and fucking Trump. Yeah, that would be terrifying. Like... <laughs> oh, no, attacking Congress might be fun. But, I mean, you know, just <laughs> taking the things that we're starting to fear because they're coming to fruition and just throwing it in our face. That would be scary. That's yeah. that's that's far better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and that also, like, that's the new question. How do you get someone to pick up the phone in a society where we've all stopped picking up our phones? Mm -hmm. Like we just won't do it. So if that's like his MO, there's gotta be some, you know, there's, there's gotta be some evolution to make him scary again. The next um, one is like on boss. WhatsApp. They find, they find the victim on WhatsApp and start <laughs> texting them. And asking him what's your scary what's dude, scary, and it could scary. be anyone. They don't have to be related. Not scary. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's just there's yep. copycats all over the place. People who try to, uh, you know, who want the fame, who want, you know. Exactly. It's like, and and that's they want the that notoriety, even even if they die to get it. Yep. Yeah. And 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 that's why I'm like let's let's talk about the whole like true crime fascination and the like um the the Christchurch shooter who's like I'm gonna be famous by going in and killing a bunch of people in a mosque mm -hmm. um and here's my manifesto and you know I and I I mean, I know that this the the film like made a a specific commentary about this about like not um, throwing in like social commentary, but like I, no one has ever said in one of these movies that it's just dangerous being a woman of color in our society. And that it's even more dangerous to be a queer woman of color in our society. And like, if there's a way to cleverly convey that without 
bludgeoning people over the head with it, I would, I would like to do that, um, to make the case for why we need like stronger protection for the humanity of, you know, everyone in our society and not just, not just whiny white men who are obsessed with horror movies. Special shout out to Quiz Girl and Sandra O asking so many different people, do you know how hard it is to be an Asian woman in America, especially when she asks Aquafina that question? It's so beautiful. But it also is very okay, much wait. like, ooh. Did you like that movie, though? About that. I did. Thank you. Didn't okay. love it, but I liked it more than this movie. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, you know what I would like for Scream 5? I would like them to take a left turn and just have... I don't know, maybe Mindy, like, she's just the best part of these movies to me. I actually, I, yeah, I love Mindy. I want Mindy, like, narrating everything. Everything. And so it's like, I, I think, I think, like, whatever it is, it, it, you know, if it centers around Mindy, like, I think they would have a strong opportunity to be able to have the commentary about, like, the danger that, you know, women of color face and the you know just the general danger portrayed in movies and films and also like how is that how that that is informed by our society where it's like now like art is imitating life rather than life imitating art yeah i think those are all great ideas um i guess we'll see what (laughs) <laughs> yeah hire i Andy. guess we'll see uh, you, I, maybe I don't, just don't don't make hire it. me actually mm-hmm. maybe just let it rest for a while until oh, yeah. we come up with a good Ten idea years. i mean we let it wait for a long time before we got some good shit again mm-hmm. yep, yep. yeah i think if you don't have a good idea don't make another one it, but i <clears throat> in this day and age especially with paramount having a streaming network that they're just like we got to throw as much content content on there as possible um i mean that's that is the content content is key (laughs) feed the content (laughs) yeah so uh anyway i'm i am looking forward to an announcement of who they've hired to write the script because i think that will be interesting if um if this guy landon uh who did the happy death day movies writes the script i am curious um because those were pretty good and um yeah i think that'll be but uh yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't mind if they put the franchise on pause for a little while yeah this this showed like don't Russian. Uh, anything else we want to say about this? Uh, can I talk about post-traumatic stress for a minute? Heck yeah, go for it. All right. So I was talking about this in the chat, and I, I want to give a disclaimer that 
as a person diagnosed with PTSD, I do not take this lightly. A diagnosis of PTSD is a complex thing that should come from a doctor or a clinical psychologist who is trained in evaluating people. What I would like to talk about though is the concern that Sam has that Tara, am I getting these characters right? That Tara is yes. not dealing with it. Tara is not going to therapy and Tara has to go to yeah. therapy. And I think um, one of the things that I, I was looking at in a training on trauma, ironically, that I just happened to do on Monday was like the the rundown of like things that are correlated the most highly with PTSD and that getting stabbed, there's like a 20% likelihood of getting PTSD from getting stabbed. And I'm like, you'd think it would be a lot higher. I mean, just a lot. I mean, you'd think. But it's like, but there was other things like severe beatings and injuries and death of a loved one or friend and like witnessing violence. And so all of those are like between like 20 and 40% correlation with like being diagnosed with PTSD. So not developing, being diagnosed with PTSD. And so I was like, there is a slight statistical thing that would suggest that if Tara says she's okay, Tara could be okay. Some people are resilient when it comes to trauma and how they process it. And according to one of the doctors I've worked with, masking is self-regulation. And I find I was very angry when I first heard that because I was like, no, no, it's not. But the more research I've done, it is you regulating yourself. It is you getting by in your best way possible. So if she's masking or ignoring her trauma, that is her coping mechanism and forcing somebody to do trauma work when they're not ready to is counterproductive as we see with Sam and her really shitty therapist. It's like, we, you've been seeing me for six months and so now you have to tell me all your trauma. Otherwise, you know, you don't trust me. It's like, yeah, gaslighter. I don't trust you for a second. I was glad when he got stabbed in the face. Bad therapist. Um, so I, I know you guys are probably going to have some strong opinions about that. I do think that Sam is at a higher risk for develop her, or for being diagnosed with PTSD because she was already in treatment. And technically, both of them had... Um, childhood traumatic events, but I think that Sam's uh, traumatic childhood event was much more internalized than Tara's was. Like, I think Tara was angry, whereas I think Sam was really hurt. And so they're just different people coping different ways. Anyway, that's my, my spiel on don't make Tara go to therapy unless she is ready to, but after the end of this movie, I highly recommend still going to therapy and trying. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And 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 by the way, to clarify, we the the back and forth talk in the chat, um, I was more talking about the like, oh well, if I'm stabbed nineteen times versus two times, like does that make me more or less likely to uh, have yeah. PTSD and does that, what's the like 
yeah. is that additive was, or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I was and trying like, to it's figure not a math out problem. It's, yeah. It's, I was, I was trying to figure out the math problem of it using the probabilities and one, I could not find the right equation. And two, I no longer have a TI 83 and don't know how to do that shit. Without <laughs> well, I think, I think even, even if, even if you did, I don't know that that would necessarily carry. Cause I don't know that like, I don't know if I'm stabbed twice, am I twice as likely to develop PTSD or is it a subset of that? Is that, is it multi? And I'm like, it's, it's not a math problem. It's like, it, it's, it's so highly individualized. It's just everyone should check themselves out when they experience trauma, regardless yeah. of um, like one of the things on there on the chart that you shared was um like experiencing a natural disaster and it's like you know what if you've gone through like people who went through hurricane katrina or or superstorm sandy like i really hope most of those people sought professional mental help for like what they had to go through in uh in some of those instances um uh yeah so anyway everybody just get get mental health is the uh, get thee to therapy and not Henry Zerny. I don't trust that guy. Uh, he's always trying to go after Ethan Hunt and he deserved to get stabbed in the face. Screw that guy. <laughs> Brooke, I think you wanted to say something about trauma. Though. Well, I just think, I think that um, this is just a really beautiful thing to talk about, right? Like I remember when I was 19, um, after my first divorce before the second two, um, the guy that I was dating was like, you have to go to therapy and you have to do this. Like, was he wrong? Absolutely not. Like, absolutely not. He was not wrong. It was something that I desperately needed. Um, but also, like, I, I mean, I know we, we make a lot of jokes and things about my life, right? Like, but like, so much trauma like it's a, it's a little unfucking believable just how yeah. much there was just like the sexual trauma from age 7 to 29 right and then you throw in there like you just said hurricane hugo which wasn't katrina but was the biggest before that um yeah a eight point whatever earthquake up in alaska when i was little getting struck by lightning having my grandfather die like all these different things like it it was like, all those things. It was one trauma after another. And until I found some level of safety, it didn't matter. Like, I would try therapists, I would try to go to these different things, and there was no getting through. There, there wasn't any, like, way for me to get to a point of being able to really look at it until I had some baseline of being able to do so, right? Like, and I don't, so what do you tell people when they're in all this trauma? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I was a nice person. I had friends. I had people that I liked and dated. Like, was I well? No, there was, there wasn't any part of me that was well. Um, but it wasn't also something that 
my family could have told me to do or my boyfriend could have told me to do or these different things and and I'm grateful that I got there and I've done a fuck ton of work in like 12 years 14 years whatever um and I am 100% a different person as far as my mental health goes from who I was then um which ironically I feel like was this kind of like full circle back to who like pretty close to who I was when I met you, Andy, when I was 15, right? Like, but there's this really yeah. big chasm between who I was at 15 and who I am now and all of the the pain and the very real life that I lived in between them. So as we watch these movies and these different things, like it, I think it's important that mental health is talked about. I think that therapy and finding real resources and working through traumas in all sorts of different ways is important to be talked about. Uh, I think that the national conversation about it and just the availability of therapists and the types of therapists that there are and these different things, like all of that is, is a much bigger, wider, more vibrant conversation than it used to be. Um, but I, I do think that there's a really important Oh, excuse me, an important part of that is that if the person isn't ready or in a space where they can begin and do the work, either through safety or being so fucking broken that they have nothing left to be afraid of, it, it can only go so far if it's not their choice. And creating spaces yeah. where people can make that choice is really important. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, Brooke, when when we knew each other in high school, I needed therapy. You needed therapy. Sure. Kit needed therapy at that point. Like we all And all we had was a fucking couch at the Serif Club. Like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and and Loveline. I think Love Loveline got me through um my first year in college. So and uh specifically Loveline telling me you need therapy. And just that was the thing. That was the thing Dr. Drew said, like, ev to every single person. He's like, get a therapist, talk to them. And I'm like, oh, holy shit, I need therapy. So I better, I better find somebody to talk to. Uh, and that, that got me through some, uh, some tough stuff. So, but helped me realize, like, oh, all of these things that I'm feeling, it's not just about this thing. It's about, all these other things and these other people mm -hmm. who have these other people who have hurt you, you know, you're, you know, th they are acting on their own traumas and that's why you are experiencing what you are experiencing from them and like how to give and create grace for them. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I understand all of this. And um, also but still, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead and finish up. I oh. was going to say, Dr. Laura it is not always wise, but when I saw her, she said one thing that I will always remember, which is don't try to rationalize with crazy people. <laughs> that is true. Like, yeah. Oh, that's good to know. I try not to. I try not to do that. <laughs> anyway, everybody get therapy. Mm -hmm. Please, please, please. If nothing else, um, yeah, 
this these movies teach us that everybody needs therapy, especially after being stalked by psycho killers. Uh, yeah. Anything else we want to talk about? Okay, let's talk about the box office. This movie, hey, it came out this year on March 10th. Oh. Only like uh, eight months ago. No, less than eight months ago. It's March 10th, March 11 minus three. No, yeah, eight months. Okay, I was right. <laughs> By the time you hear this, it will be almost exactly eight months. Uh, it made, as I said, in its opening weekend, $44 million, eventually making $108 million. Uh that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of money. It made an additional sixty million overseas, so one hundred and sixty eight million. Not bad for only costing thirty five million dollars, and that's why they're gonna keep crapping these movies out at thirty forty million dollars a pop because they can just make five times that and not have to worry about it because they can make 150 million off of this crap then they can make 150 million off of anything plus it's not streaming so go watch it on your paramount plus subscriptions or don't give paramount your money i don't know okay studio notes don't make Scott this studio. movie make the don't movie make this movie Melissa said to make yeah. Yes. Yep. That's that's mine specifically. Yeah. Make it make it very very different. Yeah, mine was go back to the drawing board because there could be life in this franchise, but you, you know, and, and I don't mean to sound like some, you know, techie from Silicon Valley or anything, but you got to innovate. You can't keep going to the same shit because people expect it. You know. Um. Yep. Also, this concept of the core four, um, the core fact that one four. that they've had the core four for two movies and one of them hasn't died just tells you that they're out of ideas. Because that, if you want to shock someone or do something unexpected, that's what you would do. Um, but are you like asking stabbing... for one of us to die? <laughs> no, just them. them. Just them. Like, but it just. Like stabbing them in the subway and making it look like she died, and then all of a sudden she's okay. It, you know. Yeah, that that like, was bananas. The second. Yeah, time. Th- it's like they have plot armor. Yeah. Yeah, the plot armor is thick, and I. In this kind of franchise, I mean, you know, if there's no stakes, then what's the point? Yeah. I mean, that's the. I mean, it's it's, they're horror slasher flicks. You know what I'm saying? Nobody should have plot armor except maybe the final girl. You know, if your name's Laurie Strode, you have plot armor and that's it, you know? Yep. And yeah, I, I agree. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, kill more of them off. Man, wouldn't <laughs> it have been interesting if they just killed Sam off and it's just like, oh, she's dead. Like, and it oh, would have been interesting. It would have been fucking interesting. Yeah, it would have yeah. been unexpected. Like yeah. if you if we had had like the core four all die and like 
one person from the group going on, that would have been different. It would have been innovative. I'm, I would have been pissed that they killed Mindy, but you yeah. know, I was, I was pissed when they stabbed her and brought her back to life just to keep stabbing her some more. So yeah, I was pissed when they killed Randy, yep. but they still did it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, if, if they would have been following scream too, they would have killed Mindy the same way that they killed Randy. Yep. So that would have been the, uh, that would have I been mean, the dying this, on the yeah. subway and dying on in a van. At least they're both methods of transportation. Oh, <laughs> they died not at all in the place that they loved. Oh. Anyway, so um, best one-liners or quotes. I gave fuck that entire speech. Oh, fuck this franchise! Yes, that's very good. <laughs> Sorry, I gave ahead. that entire speech and I, uh, uh, Ethan's line, am I going to die a virgin? Now go die a virgin. Now go die a virgin. That's pretty good. I, I, I did like, I did like that. There just weren't a lot. Yeah. So in the, in the first act, I kind of enjoyed some of the lines that they had where like when the professor is is talking about how you can have meta commentary and have it be mm-hmm. meaningful in a movie and good. like it having answering the question how do you get someone to pick up the phone oh you call them from a dating app where you feel like you're safe because they can't actually call you they're just calling you on the dating app and yeah. like it's like, okay, well, that's how you get someone to pick up the phone. You're like, oh, I'm running late for the date. And so I was like, how is this going to transmogrify from a bad blind date to a psycho killer? And I thought that that was clever. And the, I can't find it on IMDb, but that whole like monologue that Flash gave about violence in movies. Sorry, he, this guy who played, he wasn't actually Flash. He's like. Yeah, he wasn't Flash, but he is Flash Thompson Jason, from. Yeah, Jason Carvey. Uh, but he plays Flash Thompson in Spider-Man. Like, I thought, like, his his whole monologue was really cool. I can't remember any of it now. And it's not on IMDb for me to quote. Um, but I did really like when Ghostface is like, fuck the movies. <laughs> so, in response to him. So, I, I like that. I, I do like um, what Samara Weaving, who, by the way... Um, if anybody knows a single film studies professor uh, who you would like to set me up with, I, I, yes, um, that sounds awesome. But um, her, what she said, I think it's interesting. You can really examine the culture of the moment by looking at the tropes of the time, like the mass killer, the final girl, the different rules, don't split up, don't have sex. He says, don't answer the phone. Exactly, exactly. But it's all a cliche. But out of those cliches comes an opportunity for outsider art. A voice for the voiceless, you might say. Um, I like and that. And then they didn't do it. And then that they was... didn't do it. <sighs> yeah. Uh, missed opportunity. But I like I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Any other lines? No. 
Okay. Best side character. Indy? Is she a side character? Uh, yeah. Are the are the core four side characters, or are they main characters? I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you could say Sam is the new Sydney. So anyone else is a side character, maybe. I don't know. It's like saying, "Is Dewey a side character in Scream Two and 3? So I don't know. No. Um. If if she is, yes, I think she's my favorite side character. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, then uh, Dr. Samara Weaving, film studies professor. Yes. Yeah. I, I like, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Jason Carvey, just because I was really excited for this movie until he died and and I was excited after he died and then I got disappointed afterwards so speaking of tropes I like that they fridged his roommate yes literally fridged him literally fridged him like whoever wrote that first sequence was so clever and they just it fell apart like a flan in the cover and then they lost it Yeah. yeah it's like oh and nobody commented on it oh they fridged that guy that's a first (laughs) You know. Uh, anyway, uh, we're back to best song. Right, Red Hand made another appearance. So. Uh, I mean, I think that's the only song. There's a not really Demi Lovato really. song in the credits, I think. Oh, and by the way, did anybody stick around for an after credit scene? Yes, where it says not every movie needs an after credit scene. Mindy rocks. Yeah, thank you, Mindy. Yeah, thank you, Mindy. That was good. Um, best kill or death? The fridge. The fridge? <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that the one that I, I was like okay uh probably gail gail's death is like i liked how she went out not like a punk wait is she dead i thought she was still in the hospital oh i thought she was dead was she dead dead i thought i don't know oh courtney cox's face is dead dead Mm. her there's botox and there's dead i don't know yeah that's technically I mean, botulism, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she was so good, though. She was great. It was just really distracting because yeah. she started to yeah. look like that, you know, moisturize me character from Doctor Who. They stretched her too far. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, I also just like, fuck your franchise. Um, that's... Or fuck your movie. Which, what was the line? Either one, whatever it was, that was. I think it was fuck uh, the movie. Because that's a fuck your yeah. yeah. That's how I. That's how I felt by the end of this movie. So good meta commentary. Mm-hmm. Okay, is this a good movie? No. No, I. Mm. 
it's I it's don't... like it's got a C. Like it's, it I don't hate it. It's better than any of the Jason movies that have come out lately. Hmm. I just, I don't know. There's enough goodwill in here that I don't I don't hate it and I I think what I'm saying is I'm the problem. Is that I'm an easy enough mark that now now that I'm bought in on this franchise, I will just take whatever they give me, sure. I am definitely I part know. of the problem I because I, I will continue to see them all. I think compared to all the rest of them, it's not a good movie compared to again, compared to other horror movies. It's way above the bar of what we get from most slashers, but still not enough. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I'm making my list of, um, you know, best and worst movies of 2023 already. I mean, it it's not on either of those lists. It's in the in that big middle of just like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. A lot of three three and a half star movies you know just kind of there yeah like our country right now uh, <laughs> you could be so much better <laughs> yes it gets yeah I, like way. i'm looking at at imdb and it's rated 6.5 and i'm like that seems pretty accurate like that it yeah. was it would have it would have gotten a D, but because of like some of the things that they added, they got a little bit of extra credit for clever right. moments. Yeah, the and like the Metacritic score, I think, is in like the high sixties, low seventies, but it's at like eighty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What? Um, because well, because Rotten Tomatoes is only thumbs up, thumbs down, oh. and more people were thumbs up than. But that's like a, I'm betting that's a pretty soft thumbs up. But yeah. 87% give it a, like, yes, rather than a no. So, uh, or Paramount is paying off people. I don't know. Because that's always the rumor about Rotten Tomatoes. So. Instead of buying good writers, they're just paying off reviews. This this guy has an Oscar nomination. <laughs> Like he should be a good writer. I don't know what the what the problem is here. He wrote it in like a weekend. Apparently. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably all the time he had. Like, hey, give us another one of these. Just just I don't know, just crap it out in a weekend. Who cares? People um, aren't watching for we, plot. It's fine. We've got Jenna Ortega in it. She'll do a funny dance and everyone will love it. So just do it. Um, is the main character, Sam Carpenter, a good person? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Still a good person. Whoever is yawning, that's contagious. Stop I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tired too. I'm like, damn. Sounds like, like this movie. I'm getting so old. I know. It's not, it's 930 and I'm just like. <laughs> can blame daylight savings fall back it's Maybe. it's yeah. 10 30 your body thinks it's 10 30 so probably it's like, yeah. my body it's thinks it's 8 30 and that i'm 65 apparently because i'm ready yeah. for bed well. it's like it's like if i go to bed at 9 30 or sometimes even earlier can i qualify for like the you know the early bird dinner specials or something you know like yes 
you yeah. know, it should be the law or something. Yeah, Don't like recommend the new 65. Yeah. Melissa, wasn't it you who was telling us to like sign up for AARP? Because you get like a magazine and, and all sorts of good benefits and stuff, or was that someone else? No, that wasn't me, but that's funny. It sounds like something I'd say, though. I don't recommend dating someone in their 30s, because they'll say things to you like, driving through Salt Lake is like going back in town time with you. Like, you know where all these things used to be and how things used to look. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I know how to take this right now. <laughs> I'm ready for bed. Uh... That's that's what I have to say to you. Is I'm ready for bed. You want to go downtown at 10 p.m.? People do that. Fuck. No. It's like I I'm not even gonna do with a crossword that late. <laughs> I'm literally staring at my crossword I, right it, now. My night was getting started at 10 or 10:30. Now I'm asleep already. I know. Oh yeah, definitely. My my D and D group has decided that on Friday instead of having our normal game, we are going to a fantasy um, medieval themed um, bar space in East Austin uh, where they are having a dungeon synth concert. Um, I'm tired already. Which is like bardcore with synthesizers. So, and I... This is in I person? This is in person. You're leaving I am your like, house? To, that sounds hard. That yeah. sounds like you need well, to take I, some Advil with you. That sounds like headache-inducing. Sorry, it just does. I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's so funny because it's a nerd area, and I still feel like I'm not cool enough to walk in the doors of that place. Is this, <laughs> is this like, wait, you're doing this this week? Like this Friday? Is that what you said? Yeah. This are Friday. you taking vitamins hey, now? Are you hydrating? Yes. Like, what are we doing yes. for your health? How do we ensure your success? Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking emergency, and um, I'm gonna electrolyte up. But I mean, I mean, I'm just gonna be drinking like mocktails. I'm not like. Yeah. I no, I I'm just mean because be it's late at night and there's people in darkness. Oh. And, yeah. <sighs> and and. Courtney Cox's plastic surgeon is going to show up at your house if you're, you know, all dehydrated and tired. And then moisturize out. me, moisturize <laughs> me, moisturize me. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm just like, oh, these young kids. It's funny. I'm the oldest person in our D and D group. With the median age is like 38, so it's not like I'm. That much, that older. much older than everybody, but still, it's just like these young kids, and they're all gonna like, I don't know, hook they're up with people there, and I'm you. just like, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, they're all gonna laugh at you. <laughs> what is gonna happen? Oh, it's so I am, tired. I am like scared of this social situation. Please, it's funny because I go in as a Star Trek documentarian and share <sighs> clips. No, they're like, hey, we should all go and we should like um we should we should stay in character as our D D characters. And I'm like, well, my character is down to be in this place, but like um I don't <laughs> think that would be fun for everyone else. I'm doing a bad German accent the entire time. Are you taking anyway, a bathtub with uh, you? 
Uh, no, I am not taking a bathtub no with me, but that is a good idea. Yeah, no. Uh, wrong kind of dungeon. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> Gave it my best shot. The... No, I got it. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Did you guys ever watch the Game Changer episode where they play dog toy or sex toy? No, I haven't yes. seen that one. It was yes. so great. It was just all in the background disturbing. at work. And it's it's disturbing, but like there's this little leather leash and it's like, is this a dog toy or a sex toy? And I, I think it was Izzy was like and she was like, I think it's a sex toy where you take penises for walks and the guy was like, Yeah, so they can meet other penises and socialize. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about that is it was where it's a Harry Potter wand or sex toy. <laughs> Sonic screwdriver or sex toy. I wonder if they've had one of those. They do so much nerdy shit like that. It's hilarious. Melissa, have you have you have we introduced you to drop out TV? No. Oh, oh my god. We need to, we need to introduce you to drop out TV. Yes. Melissa, are you on Instagram? Um, Barely. <laughs> oh, I was going to start. I forget to take pictures you. and I don't put them in there. I'm on there. I just it's need to send you all of my favorite clips right now, like I do to Andy okay. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing it. I'm on there for is to like watch clips. I like don't post anything. I'm terrible. Okay. Yeah, You'll I have really, to message me your Instagram you... so I can start. And that's okay. how Scream 7 begins. <laughs> Getting no clips serious. on Instagram. Yep. Nope. Although it'll totally probably sense. be that really like, is though how behind. like five started or four started though. Yeah, a little bit. Stalker boy. Like they're trying. They're trying. Speaking of, should we show this to children? No. <clears throat> no. No. Not because not it's, because it's too scary or bloody, but because it's just fucking bad. Is this the one that Prue watched? Or no, she watched the she first watch... one. She watched five. Okay. No, she watched one. Well, at least she got to watch she the watched... better one. No, she watched one. The original. Oh, she watched the, the original. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, then good. Okay. Then that's at least a quality movie, if a bit disturbing for children. She at least she didn't watch a bad movie. Me. <laughs> I'm angry. Yes. I'm bitter. I've had a grumpy day all day long, and I went and picked up dinner before we started recording, and I sat at the bar and drank two of the strongest, like, dirtiest martinis you can get in Utah, and I was like, I think I can go record now. I'm fine. See, if you'd gotten sushi and then gone home and gotten stabbed, you might have been in a better mood. That's true. Because at sushi, I would have gotten sushi. But if you go and get the sushi... Do you get stabbed? Just your family gets stabbed if you go and get the sushi. Oh, wait. But... It's true. <laughs> Sorry. Don't get sushi, Brooke. Just drink the martinis. Just drink the Just martinis. Drink the martinis. I asked the guy, Just I said, I need you to make the dirtiest martini you've ever made and then double it. And when you think that it's too dirty, I want you to put just a little bit more in. And he handed me the first one. He's like, is this dirty enough? And I tasted it. And I was like, oh, that's cute. I don't think you know what dirty means. <laughs> he was like, what? And I was like, I want to chew my martini. 
give me a dirty martini. And so the next one was a little better. But... Do they actually like put dirt in it? What makes it dirty? It's the olive juice. Olive juice. Yeah. With the vermouth oh. and the gin. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. It's delicious would, when they think, do it right. Like... Yeah, you would think in Utah they wouldn't have a problem with like being stingy with the olive juice. They just like just the just the alcohol that they're the state says you're not allowed to have. <laughs> like, sure, right. we can give you all the olive juice you want. It shouldn't be that fucking hard. Shouldn't be. <laughs> Listen, this is a bar for people to get drunk. We don't need characters in here. Livening <laughs> it up. What is it that Nick says to Jimmy Stewart in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Anyway, right before he kicks him out of the bar. <laughs> you asking for your dirty martini. Now you want a dirty martini, a Melissa? Wine next. I want a dirty martini with three blue cheese stuffed oh, olives. Fuck me. Yes. Ooh. Do you do gin or vodka? Vodka. Oh, see, I'm gin all the way. But that's okay, because then you can have your own whole bottle, and I can have my own whole bottle, and then we can be besties. (laughs) Because that is exactly where I go. You you guys can have all my olives. I take olives and muddle them, like squish the shit out of them, and then add the vodka and a little triple sec, and then like three humongous blue cheese olives. You do it. Yes. Mm. There's so, it's, okay. I have no basis. We're gonna for we're gonna get together yeah. and we're gonna drink all the dirty martinis until there's no more fucking olive juice in all of Texas, and then I we're had, gonna get on it and I we're gonna record that. about Screen Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring awesome. it back, Brooke. Way to bring it back. <laughs> I can buy us a membership at the uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons Club, and we can all go hang out there if you want to. That sounds fun. Will they let us record from there? Because that um, would be great. I I could ask. They do all sorts of weird stuff there. They're trying. It's supposed to be like an immersive role playing experience. I haven't been there because they just opened um, a week ago. Um, yeah. They've been in soft open like all summer, and before that they were a Kickstarter where they would just like have like pop up events, but. Everybody is like gaga for this place. They're like, oh, it's so amazing. Are we doing any vampire movies? Because there's a vampire bar in Olympia where Ooh. you have to dress like a vampire or they shun you. I recorded I would, an episode of a podcast drunk once with Andy. He wasn't drunk. Yeah, we did. We <laughs> talked about uh, um, the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. We sure did. Yeah. I was not drunk. You were not. I probably should have Dude. been for that movie. Dude, that movie makes me want to drink. I was drunk. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Is that episode up days. anywhere? Um, I don't know that no, I even I remember what someplace. I said. I don't think I said anything eloquent. That's I don't want to know. Sure. I was drunk for one of the for one of the Disney princess movies, but I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> Prudence said to me last week in the car, Mama, if you really think about it, all of the Disney princesses are not good. What do you mean? She's like, yeah. well, like Beauty and the Beast? 
like she's into the beast and <gasps> it's not, like she's wrong with being her. kidnapped and i was like oh, oh well, that's sweet what's wrong with her. Yes. i love you you're gonna be fine <laughs> yes. Good. Okay. Okay. Next week we are talking about a totally normal movie that has no stabbings in it. Bull Durham. Uh, so we're talking baseball. And then exciting announcement. We are mixing it up for the holidays. We are going to watch non-traditional Christmas movies. We're going to do a trilogy of non-traditional Christmas movies, one chosen by Kit, one chosen by Brooke, one chosen by Melissa. And then we are going to watch Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan movies uh, so that hopefully uh, we are at Sleepless in Seattle on the new year and you can meet your uh, your one true love at the top of the Empire State Building or something. I don't know. I haven't seen that uh, And then go destroy their business in the new year. Anybody else works. already picked their movie? <laughs> no, but I just typed in non-traditional so Christmas many. movies and Eyes Wide Shut popped up. <laughs> oh. Ew. That I mean that, I that not technically think. works. That's one JB would pick. Yuck. It was a bad, bad thing. <laughs> or JB. He's not even here to defend himself. <laughs> I know. Look, he's, terrible, I mean, terrible taste. Because all he I would say he is would... you're right. <laughs> i don't know i feel like brooke would enjoy like make andy watch like a movie with lots of sex and nudity in it i kind of would like we might have to do an extra patreon version <laughs> well hey in, in the new year we'll do magic mike and strippers so we can do all sorts of that my movie yeah. title sounds like it's porn but it's not what what have you have you Ooh. pictures what have you Ooh, I'm so excited. I shouldn't be asking. Okay, we'll we'll save it. We'll save it for next week after Bull Durham. After after baseball, we will discuss the exciting non-traditional Christmas movies. Yay! Uh, so yeah, watch Bull Durham um because it's Melissa's birthday. Uh Yay! and go Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are right, we doing our rankings or what? Oh, wait. Oh, yes. Of course. Rankings. I'm so stupid. You didn't make me rank these things and have to, like, <laughs> change it ten times to fucking announce it, right? Thank you. I am so sorry. I'm so stupid. Yes. And Our I'm the tired rankings. one here, and I'm still like, uh, no, we're not finished. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have it in my notes, and that's why uh, um, I, I, I messed it up. Die so Hard sorry. is not a Christmas movie. Okay, let's move on. Th thank you. It is not a fucking Christmas movie. Yes, it is. Okay. No, it's not. Okay, who wants to who wants to go with their ranking first? It is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Um, I just have my top couple. My okay. my bottoms are, are all kind of slushy. Um, okay. As bottoms as, uh, usually are. You know, stuff that comes out of the bottom usually is. Uh, it's on a bad day. So I would say for me, uh, Scream One was the best scream five was my second favorite and then scream three was my third favorite okay Do I... I have i have jb's here Ooh, what are he JB's? says one and two are excellent then for me it's five and six are meh 
and three and four super math. That's JB's. Andy, what are yours? I can see that. Okay. Um, from the bottom, my least favorite is Scream 4. Then this one, Scream 6. Mm -hmm. Then Scream 3. Then a big, big gulf in between me liking them and not liking them. Uh, my third favorite is Scream 2. My number two is Scream 5 from last week. And my number one is the original Scream. Okay, I'll go next. Um, number six is Scream 5 because it started this bullshit arc that we've gone over two movies now about how genetics dictate you or some shit. And I hate that. Also, if you continuously use the word requel in your movie, we can't be friends. And <laughs> so, also, uh, they killed Dewey, so fuck you. You're going to be last no matter what if we kill you. Um, number five is Scream 6 because it's just meh, you know? Number four is Scream 4 because, again, meh, and it felt like a retread of the original. Yep. Um, number three is Scream 2. Um, I might have put this higher, yes. but it was... it it There were just some stupid kills from at the because of the actions of people who should have known better um and also there were parts of it where it felt more like final destination than scream and so that mm. was dumb. um number two i'm just gonna embrace the camp it number two is scream three it's campy as fuck but it, it's the most fun you're gonna have in this franchise i think mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it's really underrated. And I think with more time, people will come and appreciate it more. Um, 10 years ago, this might have been more towards the bottom. But I'm embracing the camp. And also, um, you know, our indie goddess. Uh, Parker Posey. Parker, Parker Posey, freaking Posey. For her name. Yeah. yeah. And then number one, of course, is the original Scream. Because it started it all. It was fresh. It was original. It had great ideas. I just wish that they weren't running those ideas into the ground at this point. But it's still like this kind of shiny beacon on the hill type of movie. I think it's the kind of phenomenon that doesn't happen very often. Maybe once a decade or so. And and uh, people wish they could have that kind of, you know in a time when social media didn't exist for it to have had that kind of impact and that kind of buzz it was fucking amazing and i don't know if our generation will ever do anything entertainment wise at least that's quite that crazy and, and awesome so there Good you call. go yeah well done brooke last but or wait yeah yeah last um, but not least so at the very bottom for me is six because it's just blood and that's not whatever made these movies what they were. Um, number five for me is number four. I thought it was okay, but it, uh, these movies should be better than okay. Um, and then number three, not because it was necessarily bad, it was funny. It was great as Parker Posey. Uh, the kills 
are entertaining. Um, but it did feel like it kind of like feels like a parody of the franchise and not actually part of the franchise. So that's why I've got number three there. Um, and then I actually have the next two tied. Um, so what would be third and second place is just a tie for me of number five and number two. I think they both do a great job of footing the bill of a sequel. Um, the mental health thing of her carrying it down, like, that is bothersome to me quite a bit, but the way that they make it introspective and they open up a wider conversation about um, kind of what we talked about, about being med compliant and being conscious enough to look inward and see what your actions really are. Like, I think that's an important conversation. I just wish they had been able to facilitate it in a different way. And number two, I think is great and it continued it and it was, um, way too white still but it did definitely have a wider conversation about like that meta part of what is a sequel and how are we doing this so i feel i felt like two and five did a lot of the same things really well and they did a couple of different things really poorly but um where two was still way too whitewashed and way too um generic in certain ways five told that story really well without having to tell us what they were doing, but then kind of missed the mark on, on the mental health thing while still having a good conversation about it. And then at the top is one, it will always be at the top. It is brilliant. It is wonderful. It is truly our generation's mark on cinema and on horror movies and where we get to tell our story as a generation of, of what it meant to be growing up, even if we weren't being chased around by serial killers I think each of us were being chased by traumas in these ways that were just handed down from our parents without any guidance or help and I think it's incredibly relatable so and funny and clever and smart so those are from the top it's one two and five and then three four six love it thank you so much for bringing this franchise to us this was this was great um Melissa, since you reminded me about this, I'm also reminded, did you want to do smash or pass on all of the scream killers? Oh. Or or no? Or are you going to sure. pass on that? No. Yes? Let's do it. Okay. okay. Y'all are up for it. Like, if y'all need to go, you can, you know, go to sleep. <laughs> no, this is... I've got a couple, I've got a couple of minutes, but I do have to get Prue to bed here. Okay. Okay, real. We'll we'll do we'll do it real real quick. Okay. Uh, smash or pass, Billy and Stu. Uh, smash, Billy. Um, pass on Stu. Ew. Okay. <laughs> uh, scream two. Uh, Roseanne's sister and um, <laughs> what's what's his name? Timothy uh, Oliphant. Oh, Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. Oh my God! So At any age, he's he just. I mean, you can tell he's aged. He's not. He's not like Paul Rudd, who's ageless or whatever. But he just keeps getting better, which is really unfair. He is pretty. So bad. yeah, and then sorry, pass on Roseanne's sister. Um, you know, I'm by. I, I like girls, but 
no. Okay. I think I know the answer on this one, Scott Foley. Ugh. Look. I, uh, what was the name of that show he was in with Scott Speedman? Felicity. Felicity should have picked neither of them probably, but if she had to pick one, she should have picked him. That being said, no, thank you. Oh, wow. Pass. Okay. Okay. Um, Scream 4, uh, Roman Roy and uh, uh, what's her name? Jill. yeah. Oh, pass on Emma Roberts. Ew. Emma Roberts. Um, yeah. And I mean, when I say smash the Roy kid, I mean, can we, can I mean like smash him through a window? Sure. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to do either of them. Okay. Uh, Scream 5, uh, Jack Quaid and... Um, Oh, and I can't remember her name either. I sh- see. I should have been prepared. I was prepared last week. Boo. Sorry, <laughs> it's late. Okay. And I forgot my notes. Um. Yeah, I I smashed Jack Quaid and his dad too. Uh, mm-hmm. Not at the same time because that gets weird. I think, but um, yeah, totally. I I would I would do him, and he's like, he was in an episode of the latest Star Trek. And then he's Stewie, of course, mm-hmm. from um, shit. I'm everything's escaping me. That's Are, how I'm uh, from the boys. Uh, the, boys. Yeah, the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd smash. So it. He's he's great. Uh, and and these three. Oh, I guess we should ask it. Smasher pass on on Jack Quaid's brother, sister, and dad. For all of us. I don't know. So Dermot Mulroney, I might have smashed in any other movie. But in this one, I kind of could tell that he was probably one of the killers. Like, I don't know, just something about it, eh, you know. Um, No, and and I'm not going to smash the siblings because they look underage. And that's yeah. I know they're adults, but no, and they look like children to me. to me. Yeah, they actually look like children to me. So I know. Um, and that's the problem too, is because like at the time, it's like, oh yeah, sure, you know, all of these people are like age appropriate for us in the '90s, and now it's just like. I'm in my 40s and I'm talking about a 20-year-old. Like, yikes. But Dermot Mulroney, I mean, under the right circumstances, Dermot Mulroney, maybe. You know, I don't know. I think if, you know, if, if you thought, you know, if you were just picking him up from a dating profile and you had, like, one date, you know, that and a couple dirty martinis, that that would be smashing Mulrooney, but like long-term relationship smashing when you actually get to know his character a little bit better. Yeah. If it was like his character from my best friend's wedding, smash all That's day. That's what I was going to say. You know. Yep. Yeah. Go eat hot dogs with him and have some hot, <laughs> hot. Dude, smashing. he he got yeah. to travel around with baseball teams. I mean, hello. 
<laughs> yeah. Yep. Dermot Mulroney and my best friend's wedding. Absolute smash. Dude. Yes. That's the Completely prototype agree. for Dermot Mulroney in my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, thank you. Okay. Thanks for keeping us oh, on track. Oh, and I'm going to pass all of those. You're going to pass all of those? Mm-hmm. I pass all okay. of them. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, right, Brooke. It's just an yeah, easy pass on all of them. Or else you'll end up have, getting pregnant and then your child will be, you know, a murderer like their dad. Yeah, scream 21. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, okay. <laughs> sure, Jim. Uh, that's it. Um, be back next week for Bull Durham. Go Rangers. And uh, we'll, we'll see you then. Come back for Scream 287. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it. That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye.